What's up, everybody? Zane here from Everything Vibe. I am joined live for the first time with the entire Everything Vibe team, Ronnie. Hello. And Damon. Hey, what's up? This is the first time we've all been in the same room together. Now, obviously, Ronnie and I both live in Chicago, so we, uh, we, we try to record the podcast as much as possible together, but usually life schedules don't. But this is our first time meeting Damon. Damon is awesome so far. And uh, <laughs> so far, so good. <laughs> yeah, I can fake it. I can fake it for 24 hours. Um, no, this is, it's, it's really exciting to be here with, with you guys. Obviously, Ronnie, this is your second time coming to GDC. But yep. Dave and I, this is our first time. First so time. Let's, let's just jump right in, man. What, like, first impressions. We are here. This is Tuesday, March, what is this, 19th? Tuesday, yeah, yeah March, 19th. Tuesday, March 19th. Second day second of VRDC. Of VRDC. And, but our first day here, you mm -hmm. arrived last night, I arrived early this morning. Yeah. Give me your first impressions, man. What, like, we attended some sessions, tell me about your day. Uh, my first impression is the size and the scope of the GDC uh, area here at Moscone is incredible. We're in the Moscone South building, which I guess was newly renovated. It's brand, it's kind of brand new. They've kind of redone the whole place. It's actually quite impressive. Um, the scope of people that are here, uh, the breadth of developers that you see walking around, you see people from all, mm -hmm. uh, you know, industrial and uh, people that from enterprise sector, gaming, we hear names being dropped all the time, like Unreal, Unity, from every kind of walk of the entire gaming sector and beyond. And today was uh, a little bit, we started off the day uh, at a Google keynote where they were talking about their new streaming gaming platform, which was yep. is, looks incredible. Um, not really VR. Yes, yeah, not, not really VR related, but it was very, very cool to see that whole side of the house and see traditional gaming, what their plans are for the future and what they're working and coming down the pipeline. But my first impressions were it was amazing to see this large of a scope de dedicated uh, to VR and everyone kind of focused on the same kind of uh, area. There's a lot of uh, offerings for, for VR. So that was my, just the scope was yeah. my first impression. No, I, I'm right there with you. I mean, I think it's just, it's really cool to see just, just how deep the passion runs. You know, obviously like Ronnie and I and you have all been following this closely, but you know, this is my first time being around or at a, it's a gaming conference first, but it's it's a VR conference as well. And just seeing all the different things, like we yeah. attended several different panels today. Uh, and like you said, it's whether it's enterprise, whether it's gaming. I mean, we attended one that was medicine or medical related, and mm -hmm. we attended one about the McLaren like sports yeah. car racing. Yeah, how they so, how they actually designed yeah, the, the so McLaren I mean, sports car you know, like, in VR. This 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 kind of just reaffirms my belief, and it's not just my belief, but like the reason why I got into VR of how like. This is going to sh shape, you know, culture and change the way that the world works. Whether yeah. that's like five years from now, ten years from now, or eighteen months, whatever the case is. Like yeah. we've obviously seen so much in the last three years, but it's still just kind of baby steps. Yeah. So. And it's every con as you walk through the halls, you hear you hear snippets of conversations people are having, uh, and a large they're either gaming related or they're VR related, yeah. and that's really cool because I've never been around that. No, it's usually just me trying to hype up other people. <laughs> <laughs> no, same here. I mean, first time being at uh, any type of event like this, so. It's been really cool. Ronnie, what are your uh, first impressions on second year? Yeah, so first year, a lot like you guys, I was just kind of blown away by being in the midst of it all, you know, especially being someone that grew up and has spent, you know, decades at this point just 
loving games, loving the industry, wanting to keep up with everything related to this stuff, be it traditional games, be it VR, be it computer technology, like all of a sudden, uh, you know, getting to interact with the folks that are actually, you know, in the, in the trenches, uh, making all of this amazing stuff that we love, uh, it was just kind of, you know, a mind-blowing thing, really. And uh, once, I guess, kind of the dust settled and you realized, okay, like, that's when you can really kind of, I think, reap the benefits of, of all the amazing minds uh, that, that came here to meet and really converge. And, and I, I would imagine, like, especially just, uh, I can speak firsthand um, a lot of the contacts that I made at GDC last year in the few days that I was here um, ended up helping us bring all of you out there content for weeks and weeks to come. Absolutely. So, I mean, I, hands down, I mean, for, from, for, for me and from our perspective here at the podcast, GDC is definitely, definitely worth attending um, because those connections are invaluable and the coverage that you're also able to do at the show in person is something that you can't really, you know, replace with anything else. Well, and, and one of the things that we were literally just talking about maybe an hour ago yeah. was um, how some of the content that you tried last year and started to cover, including games like Beat Saber, mm -hmm. uh, like you tried that here last year for the first time, and yeah. you know this is this is really just a hub of where uh, things are either starting or beginning to gain traction. Yep. And obviously, we've seen over the last twelve months just how huge Beat Saber was in terms of it uh, of, of it being a game that kind of just hit 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 the right notes for yeah. <laughs> pun, pun intended. Um, you know, across all different platforms. No, I mean, and that's actually like so. I'm thinking on two different levels now. So on one level, yeah, I remember last year it was at a VR mixer. Uh, I was exposed to Beat Saber for the first time. I think I heard a little bit of rumblings of what it was about at when I was at GDC prior to that evening. Mm -hmm. um, but I was able to actually play the game for the first time, um, meet the developers uh, behind it, and really just like you know, I. I like obviously everyone knows about Beat Saber now, but at the time, seeing it before it kind of exploded uh, was pretty amazing. And I think at that point, like they had done uh, a video that went viral, um, but I didn't, I hadn't really noticed that scene as much yet. Um, all of that mixed reality stuff was still. Yeah, yeah, it was um, real new. I remember yeah, it, was it, really it new. just barely hit. Nobody so, played it. Exactly. So, so I heard that Beat Saber was something I needed to try. I went and checked it out, and it was amazing. And then. And then to see what it later became yeah. is, is that, very I, cool. Yeah. And, and, and that kind of reminded me, I mean, who knows exactly how this stuff is all going to shake out later, but I think one of the coolest things about going to conferences like GDC and other awesome gaming conferences where big news items are announced and where people are trying new, new things for the first time is to realize that these things that we love that affect every, like, like a game like Beat Saber, how many like how many millions of people have watched the videos and and played Beat Saber and just like had poured hours and hours into that game, right? Yeah. It all started from this group of just a few people, and there was a time where they hadn't showed what they had been working on to the world yet, right? Yeah. And like this morning at Google's event at Google's keynote, they've been working on all of this technology for stream uh, streaming game platform using all of their cloud technology for yeah. God knows how long. Yeah, yeah, 20 um, years, they said. Yeah. For 20 years, they've, they've got a, a cluster of nodes 
you know, they're spread out all over the world. Yeah, they've been working on on that for 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 you know years and years and years, and a lot of amazing, talented people are are pouring themselves into it, and you know, we were all there to kind of experience when it was first unveiled to the to the rest of the world. You know, from that room. Yeah. Uh, it's exciting. Information it's definitely is being exciting. broadcasted yeah, yeah. that has reverberations, yeah, yeah. you know, across the country and across the globe, really. So I, I just think I, I think some of that stuff. It's it's so cool to be in a place like San Francisco, where uh, you know, at this time, where developments like like what we're seeing in VR and AR are taking place. The the it's still kind of the wild west, and there's still so much innovation. There's still so much room for contribution. And there's still so many people out there in the wider world that haven't experienced it. So, like in a sense, like so, just like GDC is kind of a microcosm for you know some of these big announcements that expand. I still think right now some of the the VR enthusiasts that are that are engaged in in the content that's out there right now are in a way like kind of a, a little broader sense of that same thing. Yeah. There's still so many people that haven't been exposed to this stuff, oh, yeah. and there's still so many people that um, haven't been triggered the same way we have because the technology maybe isn't quite there yet, but it's coming. Yeah, yeah. And and so you start seeing this. So anyway, it just it's a reminder of how how incredible it is that you know that every all of these game developers, all of these hardware developers, it's really incredible what they do, and as much as this show is. A meeting place for that, like I said before, it's also kind of, to me anyway, is a celebration of, of some of the amazing things that they do. No, yeah, I mean, 100%, I, I agree with you on that. I uh, I know it's not VR related, but I, I mean, obviously the big news that came out of GDC for today, the, the second day, um, was Google, and I, so I missed some of it. I, yeah. I flew in early this morning and caught maybe the tail end, it's not VR related, but I think maybe it might be worth talking about what this streaming service is. But I think where where this podcast can actually make it interesting, or where we can make it interesting, is like, what are your guys' thoughts on how VR is going to play into that? Because we know Google's obviously still has, uh, I mean, they have their AR division, and yeah. VR is going to factor in somewhere. Like yeah. wh whether that's whether that's an Oculus doing something like this, or HTC doing something like this, uh, where they they switch up the way that we play games and, and we, like, what are your thoughts, first of all, just kind of quick synopsis on on the event this morning, since you guys caught most of it and I think you guys mm -hmm. are more technically savvy than I am to understand what, yeah. what we're being said, but then how, how does that, like, how does VR play into that in the next five to ten years? Um, what I would say is just how VR stood on the back or stood on the foundation laid from 20 or 30 years of PC gaming prior to that, you know, before, we had to make the sound card a thing mm -hmm. in order to get good quality sound into our games. We had to have 3D acceleration to get 3D polygons into games and texture map them to make 3D environments real in games. And it was on a flat screen. It was Quake. It was Doom. Things like that. So all those had to come along. And the foundation for that and the player base had to exist. And then the hardware had to be pushed farther and farther and farther year after year. So that, and we tried it in the early 90s, and the hardware just wasn't there yet. So that foundation of 20 or 30 years of game making and the hardware and software to do it is what allowed VR to 
even be born or even be thought that it could even be possible at an end consumer level. So that's a lot of forefront. This is, I would say, on the same level in that if you want to have a headset be wireless, be 5G connected, to be able to pull it out anywhere you are in the world or the United States or where you have 5G coverage, put it on and have AR, VR, you know, fully tracked, immersive, 60 to 90 frame a second gameplay that can map to your real world and take cues from it and play with other people all without having to have the processing done locally, this is the foundation that has to be there beforehand. So this is the building. This is why people, this is the reason why, if you're listening, this is why, and you care about AR or VR, this is why it's important because a big name, and it's not the little guys, there's no one else in the world that does this at that level uh, than Google. Google has been doing it for 20 years. They've spread servers all over the world. They, they, they have the data centers. They have the computing power. They have the resources. They have the money to be able to pull it off. So if anyone is going to put a gaming platform down there, it's up to for the developers. That's totally what this is about. Going to developers and saying, here, we've built this infrastructure. You can do whatever you want with it. It's insanely powerful. It's more powerful than both an Xbox uh, one and a, and a PlayStation 4 put together yeah. and each instance that's one instance each instance is more than both of those together and in a server room in a data center you can have thousands and thousands of instances so as a game requires more power you could load four or five six instances and have visual you know visual acuity combined with you know eye tracking to be able to sh have almost real you know, have have a, a, a resolution and a de depth that could trick you into thinking that it's pretty close to real. All latency, low latency. So to the long, long and the short of it is, this is the foundation that is needed if you want to get to wireless 5G headsets in the future. Mm -hmm. You have to have this foundation, hence why it's important to us. Yeah, and actually that, like, as you were describing it, I, I thought that was a great description of how... Thank you. <laughs> of, of, ...of how all of this stuff is super relevant. If, if you want Ready Player One, th this, is, this, is, this is stage one. Yeah. This is stage one. So, like, I mean, I think along those same lines, I like what I saw from Google today at the keynote. From what I see with a lot of the players in the industry right now, like, like HTC Vive the other day at their keynote, and... Uh, and I think this, this, the response in the crowd this morning um, at the Google keynote, I think, speaks to this, too. Um, I get super excited when I hear things like, like the thing that I was waiting for today that did come was, okay, they, they say that high-end AAA games will be able to be streamed, uh, you know, at 60 frames per second at 1080p. Yeah, right? yeah. I, me, personally, I run my games right now at 4K at, at 60 hertz um, on my PC. So I was thinking, well, what about 4K? What about surround sound? What about? Yeah. And they announced today that, you know, yeah, it's going to, from day one, going to support 4K native resolution, uh, HDR, surround sound, all the stuff that right now I enjoy as a as a PC. Yeah, you don't you don't want to like make trade-offs yeah. because and, it's streamed. And granted, yeah. there's yeah. still some people that you know play at higher refresh rates right now or. Like, we still don't know all the details on how all this stuff shakes out. But number one, I, I like the fact that they kind of met those expectations to kind of try to meet most of the, yeah, the yeah. higher end of this stuff right now. Yeah. Um, so th those are some of the things that I was excited about as, not, as someone that is mostly a consumer in this space. 
Um, but I don't think that that's what they were focused on. They, 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 they made that bullet point. They mentioned it because we need to know those specifics. But I think that the most exciting stuff of the, of the presentation was the fact that the reason that, that they're providing all of, this, all of this capability, the tool set, that when they talked about how each instance, like you said, was like 10 point something terraflops. 10, 10, like 10.7. 10 10.7 teraflops or, yeah. of, of processing power. Of processing power and, um, and you can even, you know, you can use even multiple instances or multiple, you know, uh, you know, you can you can basically exponentially expand the capabilities yeah. of the system that's going to be running the game to the point where uh, you don't have to worry about resources anymore. Like if no. you want to make something that if you want to make a game that is ten times more complex than than the highest end uh, PC is in in the normal household. It sounds like you could do that, yeah. And you'd be able to leverage that. They kept saying that the data center is the console now. That that's that's the hardware yeah. that you have to develop to. And the takeaway there was for me wasn't as much what the end user is going to actually be seeing on their television, mm -hmm. like like my, on my 4K or in the future 8K television. It was the fact that what Google was essentially doing was they were taking away any barrier from the developers. They were saying, developers, you don't have to worry about resources. You can develop, you, the sky's the limit. On, bo well, on both sides. You don't yeah. have to worry about on resources on your side. You don't have to worry about anything that the player has. Yeah. It's any controller you have. Yeah, any it's a, a keyboard, mouse, whatever you have. Whatever computer you have, whatever display, whatever tablet, you don't have to care about any of it. Exactly. You just develop your game and and not that the system will figure everything out, yeah. but there's like a baseline of yeah. controls, and you don't have to. You have to. Get, it works with your all your controls that you already have, all your controllers that you already have work. Yeah. So they're not asking you to buy any hardware. And I think it's going to come down to. I think the future. Like we're going to look at this announcement, kind of like you said, as the foundation. Like as the foundation of, uh, like when you talked about how 3D graphics and the development of traditional games was just something that had to be in place for things like VR to ever exist. And I, I agree with you. I think we'll look back at, at these types of announcements and we'll wonder why anyone would have ever wanted to run games locally yeah. on local yeah, hardware. Yeah. Because, if you, because if you really can have virtually limitless resources in terms of what's driving the experience, then that's going to open up so many possibilities, not, not just in terms of what developers are able to do with the, the technology, but also who's able to access it. You don't have to worry about paying tons and tons of money for hardware. No. You can, like, everyone will be, a, like, like, imagine if, if it, for me to see a blockbuster Hollywood movie I had to be able to somehow afford like the camera system that was used to. Or, or yeah, I have a ten thousand dollar laser 
3D projector and a yeah. screen and I, I had and yeah like the old days and then, you know, the 1920s yeah. or 30s or whatever like the only way you could watch movies at home is you had to be rich yeah. and have all this ridiculous hardware to be able to project a movie in your house and that was it that was just the deal and then as it got more and more you know filtered down but the thought that yeah that I will be able to not only have to buy any kind of gaming hardware or PC that I I, I won't have to worry about upgrading hardware my save games uh like the uh, yeah. content should be king, and, and that, exactly. that's why I think in the that's future for VR, pretty cool. I mean, like, it, like, it's a pretty cool idea. When, when you look, when you look at developers though, and like just that's their dream. Yeah, I mean, that's an absolute dream. And, and developers in VR specifically, yeah, they like they're in that new frontier that we're talking about. Mm -hmm. They're trying to think outside of the box and really expand what we think of as possible in this mm -hmm. medium. And so I can only imagine that those types of folks are just going to like. They'll be dying to not have any of those kind of restrictions at some point in the future with VR as well. Yeah. And so I think I think the fact that we're getting rid of these boundaries and that was the thing, like in this game developer uh, focused keynote by Google that was talking to the developers, their pitch point was, look at all of these amazing things you'll be able to do in your games that will ha get let people have more fun. And you'll be able to do things that just wasn't possible before. Yeah. Like yeah. literally, like like having multiple instances of multiplayer games, like on one screen, and then not eating up the resources. Like oh yeah, you like could split screen multiplayer. Play where, play twelve people on your team and have ten eight small ten eighty windows, ten eighty p windows of each of the 10, twelve people on your teams on your eight k monitor or four k monitor. Oh, yeah. You'll see it. And it have no, it will not bog your system down or uh, uh, in any way, shape, or form. And then all of that, those 1080p streams go straight to YouTube and can be saved. So you can watch any one of them at any time. That's cool. And it yeah. automatically goes, like, so automatically streaming. Like, it yeah, it's amazing. And, and amazing. I could hear the gasps around me, kind of in, like, the, like, like, like the, like kind of gleeful, like like laughing and like yeah, nudging each were, other. People because were... these are all people that were seeing things. Like the things that excited them yeah. were all these new possibilities that like we could never do. Like forget fidelity for a second. Yeah. We could just like never do a lot of these things that they were showing off on yeah. this in this keynote. There's no way you could do the bandwidth to they, be able to just, have uh, that kind impossible. of thing. So so hold on, just as as a follow up, and this is for myself and any other lay lay people who are listening. What are they doing? Like, because from what I understand, they're taking since since we don't have to rely on hardware anymore, which is huge from a VR standpoint. Which is what I think what you guys are alluding to. Yeah. What are they doing to get rid of that? Like, is is all of the hard work being done now at these nodes? And then is that what you're saying that the resources there allow? Yeah. Yeah. Like potentially. The, well, it's it's different ISPs have it differently, but the backbone of the internet and how for the last 20 years, Google has tried very hard to place itself as close as possible to every person in the world to make sure that they have the fastest, most responsive. Like when you type in the Google bar and it automatically figures out and does predictive text, that's, you've already had a, a, a to and from back and forth interaction with a Google server, mm -hmm. you know, with a Google DNS server, that kind of thing. So they have spent 20 years making sure that they are as close to every person almost on earth and as fast as possible can get back and forth. That proximity and, and quick response they're able to do 
is unlike anyone else on earth. No one else on earth can say that they have the reach of a Google and have that many data centers that close to the number of people that we're talking about. So when you're talking about that level and then behind that you have a cloud of gaming servers in a data center that is all internal. So everyone in the world, you know, your friends and, and everybody that's connecting to this one and it's connecting to another, they have an ultra high speed backbone between them, a very low latency, very high bandwidth connections between them that bind them together. So inside this area, there's very little latency and it all takes place here. The only connection to you is the streaming of the screen and the taking of your input. And same thing for everyone else. So everyone else has the same experience. Yeah. No one now, if somebody has a lousy connection, it kills it for everyone else because the main server is waiting so much for this one person, or the one person is also slow to get all the information from everyone else. It all takes place now in what we always call the cloud, but it's Google's uh, data infrastructure. So that's the big difference that a player this large is getting into it 100 percent. So here's my here's my second follow up, and I'm just I'm just asking questions. Yeah, yeah, no, no, of no. course. I'm just I'm curious to get your guys' take on it because again, I think you two follow the space much more closely and understand it. This is this is now we're getting into speculation territory. Google threw the first punch. This is game changing, but I think it's important, uh, and I would hope that others agree with me that there is competition in this space. Who are the potential competitors? I mean, I know there's not many. There's not many. Amazon owns Twitch. Is this something Twitch could potentially? That's, I, that's literally the only thing. It I would be shocked that if not in the next twelve months, Amazon with its Amazon, the AWS, AWS space yeah. is massive, and they have the computing power and have the money and the resources to. They are probably one of only two other people, other than Microsoft, that have the potential, that have the, potential the resources, the and 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 the, and the wherewithal and the knowledge. And the and the brain smarts to be able to pull it off. And they're already very and, in the yes in the yes and in, in the gamer community. I, so I think that's interesting though that you mentioned Microsoft as being there because I think Microsoft is also one. So obviously Microsoft has Xbox. They also have the Microsoft Azure, uh, Azure and Azure platform. Yeah. Platform. So they have a very strong like cloud computing platform. Yes, it's wonderful. And and I mean prior to. To Google's announcement today, uh, a lot of the rumblings about the Xbox side of things is that they've been experimenting with ways that they can run uh, Xbox game code like natively on PCs, mm -hmm. so that they're ex essentially merging uh, like their PC game gaming side and their Xbox side, so that yeah. so that the code can basically be yeah exchanged. go back and forth and be um, so clearly in hopes that eventually they'll be able to run in there as their their That's what I'm so, thinking. So to answer your question, Zane, there is two other players out there that we can hope would get into this game, and that would be Microsoft and Amazon. Amazon, like I said, I would be shocked that if in the next next twelve months they don't. They, they come out, else, right? yeah, yeah. I mean, They're not going to just leave the space open for yeah. Google to just dominate well, and, and especially the whole thing. In the way that you guys are talking about it, in the way that it <coughs> seems to have been received as, like, this is this is next generation. This, this is, is game changing. This is totally like, the next step forward. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Google wouldn't like the the thing that's so game. We've seen in the past companies like OnLive and even Nvidia like jumping into this streaming gaming service yeah. space yeah. with very mixed results. Mm -hmm. I think. The, the difference here and the reason why those times I was like, yeah, like, I was like, ah, I'm pretty scared. Like, 
This I'm the, much the, more. The product never could live up to the yeah, promise. The product never lived up to the promise. It was, promise. Wrong, it was too yeah, early. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it wasn't Google. And like yeah. you said, no one, no one has those kind of connections to like to the infrastructure yeah. of Google. Yeah. Well, and that, yeah, and that's that's what made me curious about. Well, actually, and, and Amazon, know, I wasn't sure about yeah. about uh, Microsoft. Well, and I think the other thing is we know from past experience the type of products that Google has provided. Like we know, we know how all of their like uh, when you think of Google and and the and the services that it's provided previously, yeah, like yeah. it's never been something that hasn't worked. Well, their like, their home runs are huge, and then the, uh, and then other things. Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, they have yeah they have very big home runs, and then the other stuff they just yeah. kind of. But so from a technology yeah, standpoint, yeah, yeah, though, yeah, like yeah. Google Plus, like it's not like it didn't function. True, true. Right? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think you can just point to. Um, there's stuff Gmail, they've done. Gmail and YouTube. Yeah, and yeah. Say that that's enough under their platform to say that they have the cloud. Yeah, I mean YouTube is the big one. Yeah, they, well, I mean they. I guess they did acquire YouTube, but they they acquired it early and they built it into the giant that it is now. Right? So in a gaming sense, um, yes, those are the two players that I think that could come in, and I think they're most. It would be amazing, and I think they should. They should. They totally should. I'm calling out. I think Amazon. I mean, they're both in the game space. So yeah, yeah, I yeah. I think it's inevitable that they will give it a... I think... I, th are already I think... I think... So I, I think for Amazon to get into that space using the computing power yeah. that they have, using... Yeah. The, so... Yeah. I think they're the most likely to come in soon, and then Microsoft will do what Microsoft always does, is sit back and wait and talk about it and think about it, and then they'll come out with something not as good, but then spend a lot of resources trying to push it. Yeah. Microsoft. Microsoft. What do they always do? They always come in late, and they always come in with a lot of flash and money, and and their their platforms usually are not as good. But if they stick with them, then they're able to kind of push through. But the whole idea and thought of Windows as a service, and then Windows as a cloud application, instead of having something run on your desktop, like you would run Windows on any device anywhere, yeah. and then PC gaming would be part of that. I can see that kind of happening, but. Okay. I, again, yeah. this, this is all speculation. But, but, just, but, but specifically, curious. somebody, a player of this size coming in, it's, you know. I, I, think, I think it matters. And the thing is, like, so here, here are the two things that are kind of fighting in my mind, right? Like, you look at the past and say, or you look, you look at Google now, early bird gets the worm, and this is a big, fat bird, right, that's yeah, coming yeah. in to get this worm. Yeah. But on the flip side of that, you have, you know, if you look at, gaming from, and I don't know, I'm dating myself, but like 1970s onward, where you have like Atari and then Nintendo, right? Nintendo was one of the big ones that, like the, the first Nintendo system that was released was game changing at that time, right? Yeah, but, but nobody, the, nobody cared about it at first. Nobody cared. You, you, couldn't, you couldn't give it away first because, well, because guess, that was a big thing. It, 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 was, it was the... Was it Super Nintendo that really took off? Well, no, it, Nintendo it, was... Nintendo, Nintendo was massive, but it had just been after a little bit of game history here, folks. It had just been after the giant crash of 1983, and really, Toy Stories is Toy Stores is where this was going to be sold. And Toy Stores did not want anything to do with video game systems. They'd been burned so badly with so much stock of junk games that did not sell and people did not want that they were like, if it has anything to do with video game, we don't want it. Whole, hence why on Nintendo they had to incorporate Rob the robot to make it like a toy mm -hmm. and then they sold that to Sears Roebuck and, and Sears was like oh yeah it's a toy the total 
total Trojan horse, to- total just to get it in the shelves. Because they knew once they had it on the shelf, once they had it in kids' hands, they would play it like crazy and they would come out with all sorts of other games that are not related to the robot. This is the other way around. Everyone kind of, it's the giant it's the big guy in the room coming up with a fa- the fantastic idea that everybody else wants to do, and it makes sense, and everyone knows. Like, the pluses in the category for not having hardware, not making your gamers be hardware-dependent in any way. I mean, if you just look at the Switch, the whole idea of the Switch being able to be a system you dock on a TV mm-hmm. and then take with you is amazing. And yeah. just that convenience of that one feature sold that whole console yeah and and plus nintendo behind it a big guy and they're making great games and stuff well that's the same kind of thing here where you're saying i can take my game with me at any time anywhere on any platform and i don't have to worry about losing my game saves i don't have to worry about uh, patches or updates uh i don't have to worry about cheats or people you know hacking the game or cheating or anything because it's all contained within one one now, centralized data data area. Yeah, yeah. Like, it like just makes sense. Or, yeah, or yeah. Your gameplay, all that stuff is I, it's it's the next iteration. First, we had floppy disks. We had D- CDs, DVDs. Then we then we said, well, what are we doing all this media? Let's get rid of this. Let's all download all our stuff. Steam. Uh, get rid of all the you know the, the, the media. This is I think is definitely kind of feels like the next iteration. Like and, why do we keep spending thousands of dollars every year trying to keep up with the yeah. latest cutting edge everything? And which I, think, I like, but and, whatever. No, and I think I think the reason it makes sense is because it's such a unique space that has operated so differently than than other forms of content. Like like when yeah. you think of all the types of things that you enjoy wasting your time or not wasting your time <laughs> filling your time with movies tv youtube the internet like all these things that we use to occupy ourselves with like most of those things are kind of hardware agnostic to the point where like everyone can access those things in some form or another yeah but video games have always been one of those things that they're kind there of there was going, like a gateway yeah, yeah there was, a, a, there was, was just always definitely this some limit yeah, yeah, and and we've seen that with those. You had to pick of, sides early. Like I, I choose Nintendo. I yeah, choose yeah. Sega, or whatever. We've seen some of those erode over the years with the introduction <coughs> of, of smartphones and the introduction of tablets and like lower end. Like you see more and more people getting into gaming, but still, the there have been barriers, of, you know, to the AAA like more hardcore type games because the hardware, quite frankly, is is. More, too expensive for people that aren't already interested in it yeah. to kind of jump in, and and VR likewise is is that time. Thing. Yeah, you you you're having to pick a team. Currently, you have to pick yeah. a team, kind of somewhat. So so now let's let's loop it back to VR and how VR fits into this. If hmm, how do I phrase this without? Well, let me let me just blurt it out. And you guys can correct me. So. If, if I'm thinking about this the right way, if it can do a lot of the heavy lifting, could it be that, you know, given that the Oculus Go has a decent controller set or something, it could potentially play the same type of games as the HTC Vive? Well, it doesn't have to do all that computing? Um, I think if you if you were to look at a six DOF, six degree of freedom, like the Quest, for instance, if you were to do a Quest type system and be able to pair the Quest up with a system like this that Google's coming out with, I don't. I think it's totally conceivable to think that you could game in VR through Google's platform using a six degree of freedom uh, 
controller. There's a lot more input data that you have to send. I, yeah, I, I yeah, don't yeah. really know. I mean, I'm not really sure how much, how big the data is, though. It's, it's, I mean, if, if, as long as you can, well, it's, it's the amount of data coming up and, and going on the pipe, it's all just, it's latency, yeah, yeah, it's just the latency. Latency is the really oh, issue. Yeah, really latency is your, your, your bottleneck. If it, if it can process the latency and give you, still... give you two screens yeah. of 3D, uh, you know, 1440 or higher uh, images, and maybe there's some AI type stuff they can do as far as like figuring out the differences and, and having fun with that or yeah, to be, so to there's be, definitely yeah. there's definitely a possibility definitely a possibility and this could totally or not it could just never it could just never materialize yeah a terrible example and I, i'm probably thinking about the wrong no fully but there is that device there's that 200 dollar there's that 200 dollars headset or 100 dollars headset in the future that is six degree of freedom that everyone can afford yeah. and this is it you buy this one thing and you're good that's what I think. That's what we're moving towards. Exactly. So, or you, or it comes with your cell phone. Or that's it. It's free with the yeah, purchase exactly. of so, the so Samsung Twelve so, or whatever. So I guess what I was getting at is right. Right now, where VR is, is that you need a high-end computer or PC to be able to run. And a high-end headset and that's high crazy expensive. Yeah. So, exactly. so yeah, you yeah. Need both, right. And where VR is trying to go is you need trying, neither. Well, well, yes. Of course, that's the ultimate the ultimate goal. Yeah. But where they're where they are right now with the Oculus Quest Vive Focus is they're trying to remove the um, barriers of entry. The barriers of entry, but specifically, this next generation looks like it is removing the high-end PC. Right? Uh, yeah, absolutely. You'll, you'll be, absolutely. You still need the high-end headset, but you don't need the high-end PC. So my my question is then, okay, well, if Google is setting this standard now, right, and, yeah. and now we're we're thinking long-term, I don't know how many years out, but the fact that the foundation has been laid that. Uh, Heavy lifting can be done in the cloud. Yeah, there be super long cheap term. Yes, yeah. you know what I mean? Well, and here's the thing: there's, there's, you're talking about a lot of different markets in there. The, the, the high-end television market, the 4K, 8K monitors. They're not. They realize we're not getting rid of those. People are going to continue to purchase 4 8K, 4K, 8K TV monitors to put on their walls. So that business line, you're not touching that. You're going to accept that that's going to happen. Game consoles. They're pretty much going after the whole game console market. Mm -hmm. They're saying you don't need them. You don't. So they're going after the game console market. They are going after the to PC, gaming PC gaming hardware market. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So there's two big players that this would completely it would be gone. I mean, if this were to take over or become the large share. Now here's the other thing: you won't need to download. You'll have ownership in the same way you own movies that you buy digitally that you don't physically own, but yeah. you, you, you own the digital the rights of them in the cloud. So the same thing for your games, but there won't really be a need for Steam or any of the other gaming. Shots fired. No, totally. Yeah. What do you need it for? No, no. Your games will be up in their cloud and will be updated and you and can reliable, you can either have a subscription a, based the, or. The important thing is too, it's a reliable platform. Like, yeah. like like it's not the same thing as lot on live or like people aren't used to relying on random third parties, but they're very comfortable relying on big corporations like like Google, Apple, yeah. uh, Amazon. Like all, yeah. we're very used to the Netflix model of receiving content yeah, from absolutely. these big players. Absolutely, and that's essentially. I think this is the this is the Netflix. This is definitely the Netflix of. Of gaming, and, so and, and, and except except VR except bigger. Subscription 
price for this? No, no, there okay. were no details about that. But I have so many questions about the monitor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, we have no idea. But, but and, and and real quick, just on the point of connecting the VR stuff to it, because getting to how you so I would say right now I wouldn't say that the current generation quote unquote of VR headsets are trying to eliminate the PC necessarily from the equation yet. I think like. I actually think the best uh, way to characterize where VR, how VR is progressing, is similar to how Oculus actually showed it off with their last Oculus Connect mm -hmm. when they announced the, the Quest. They basically said that they're like in in their first generation of VR devices, um, they they basically have low, middle, and high tier VR. So for them, the the low end was I believe they considered the the Oculus Go which was a low-end standalone. Mm -hmm. then, then the middle range was the Oculus Quest, even though it was released later. They view that as a middle ground with some benefits because it's not as powerful and capable as the Rift in some respects, yeah, yeah. but it, it's wireless and, it, and you, don't, you do get the advantage of being able to you know, move around in space without having to worry about you know, the computer. So, so they still viewed being tethered to a PC they still viewed the highest end VR experience possible as requiring PC hardware. And I think the difference in the next stages is that if you can eliminate latency, what you do is you kind of combine all of the, you combine all those things into one thing. You never, you no longer, because so the reason that they were having to do that previously is because they, they had to have local hardware. So, so what are ways that we can deal with local hardware? Well, we can make it weaker and less power hungry so we can fit it on your head. Mm -hmm. Or we can run a cord to it and access it because it's too big to walk around with. And have unlimited power. Yeah, and have unlimited power. Basically. And right now the problem is like, if you want the best VR experience possible, you need unlimited power. And up until this point, unlimited power means I personally have to own a it's bunch hardware. of hardware. Yeah. And in the future, what Google is, is telling us is possible and is going to be happening later this year is that for, for, triple, for, for traditional games um, that, can, that don't run higher than 60 frames per second and, and use controller inputs for, that the latency is low enough to where you're never going to need hardware again. And, you can, and, you, and instead, you can access Instead, their servers will be running games, and their servers are so powerful that whatever the developer wants to use as resources to make the games beautiful, and that's what they're going to run. It'll just run, yeah. And and if and and so I think right now the question is, what are uh, they they alluded to in the future being able to do 8K, 120 plus hertz, mm -hmm. and 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 if that stuff is possible, and if the latency was not game breaking for VR, then the question is, could you do 90 hertz at you know respectable resolution for VR streaming if you could with without latency that on two screens. Yeah. Is the latency there obviously the latency is really low because Google is confident that for traditional games with controllers that most people like people aren't going to be bothered by it. I yeah. think if, if the latency was bad, they wouldn't be like they're at least somewhat confident that they can keep the latency low for that. But I'll I'll, I'll, I'll say one thing big. If you I don't I don't think if there's a coincidence that they mentioned 8K 120K hertz. 
20 hertz. Because when you look at an 8K screen, how many 1080p screens is that? 16? What is it? Because it's it's four it's six 1080p screens and a 4K screen. Or no, it's four. Yeah. 1080p, 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 1080p. So 4K. When you're talking about 8K, it's four by four, whatever. It's more than enough to run two. You have enough bandwidth to take care of two very high resolution uh, screens on your HMD mm-hmm. at extremely high refresh rate it's it's enough it's enough to run the highest resolution headset there is in 90 hertz or close to it without any problems if their system can handle it so while they're saying you know they know the future's coming the future's coming 8k i think it's code for saying and that'll be my last thing i say it is definitely the bandwidth is there so I don't know. I I think it's a lot of what ifs. It's a lot of this. This is going to happen, which is, I guess, customary for all these kinds of things. They don't get into the nitty gritty of the details. They say, "This is what we're going to do." But if there's anybody out there that can has the resources to pull it off, yeah. And 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 for those out there listening that have been huge enthusiasts, I mean, I don't know that we're quite there yet. But if you want a realistic hollow deck experience where you don't have, you know. Uh, heavy thing on your head and you want the the world around you in VR to be as photorealistic as possible, like this is required to do that I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well so so to wrap up, what it sounds like from a very simplified high view and overgeneralizing point of view <laughs> is that Google just pushed those goalposts. Because I think from a VR perspective we were all wondering how do we make the hardware lighter? How do we get less dependent on on the hardware, on a computer, on yeah. a headset? This was the piece that everybody was kind of like, oh, we'll figure it out eventually. Well, Somebody see, will figure and, this and, out. And maybe, maybe you guys have been thinking that, but like, yeah, that yeah. hasn't even crossed my, my head. It's so like, monumental a task to pull off that everybody just figured... We'll think of everything else, and somebody else is going to figure it. But now that figure it's out that here, hard. Yeah. it's almost like okay, well, the, again, and this is if if they can pull saying. it off, if they can pull it off, exactly, yeah. yeah. And this is what I was saying when the Vive first came out. I'm like, I can't believe the tech is here. Right? So Cause, if, cause, if someone's working on the tech, that yeah. means that there there's an opportunity for for it to reach that level. And I think that, like you were saying, I'm sure it wasn't just regular game developers. I'm sure there were a lot of VR developers in there who were like. Wow. This but this is not everybody. Yeah. We're not talking to everybody. If you're Joe Bob in Olathe, Kansas, um, and your internet speed is 10 megabits down and 50K mm-hmm. kilobits up, sure. I'm sorry, you're not invited to the party. And that sucks because they, there's going to be people that just don't have the bandwidth, that don't have the low latency, are not close enough to... To, to be fair to the folks in Olathe, that's pretty close to... we just found out today that we're both he's from kansas uh i'm from kansas city missouri so we just found out today in meeting today yeah yeah Uh, well kansas city every time someone this is a little trivia but every time someone says we're from kansas city they either say north of the river or south of the river everybody north of the river is from missouri everybody because the river missouri river comes in so it's a fascinating fascinating little factoid south of the river but all my family half my family is south of the river half my family is north of the river so (laughs) all right guys we could we could chat about this all day i mean this is going to be definitely something we'll watch again i it's not VR related, but I think in in terms of where gaming goes, and obviously VR. This is something to look at. Piece of it, this, this is this definitely. Is we'll yeah, yeah. Because I think it's like you were saying, not just me, but I, I think you guys are saying it's it's going to have an impact. It's going to have yeah. a huge impact on there's, where this this moves. There's forward. a reason everyone at this show 
wanted to watch that cue. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the other players that are in it are going to look for some way to differentiate themselves. They could come out and say, all right, you're going to get rid of the consoles. We're going to get rid of the TV. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to have a TV on the wall, and yet when you put this headset on, it's... I don't want to dig into this kind of worms yet because I know it's yeah, going to yeah. up soon. But just putting it out there, especially for listeners that weren't... It is also very interesting that uh, Google's platform will be running on AMD uh, GPUs. Yeah, they did announce that. Just oh, it's like all... AMD. You know what? You know, and their their stock apparently spiked today. Yeah. Google? AMD. Oh, AMD. Dang, should have bought some. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what we can do? Let's uh, let the dust settle. We're we're gonna dive in. I mean, tomorrow we have a super busy schedule. In the next couple of days we have a busy schedule, so yeah. we're gonna be getting all other kinds of VR content. But I think this is something we should definitely try to readdress maybe in a week or two after the dust from GDC and VC yeah. settles. And maybe we have more details and we can really kind of dig into this stuff once there's a little bit more to sink our teeth in. Where can everybody tune in um, and check out as far as the upgoing feed of what's going on and what we're into as it's happening? Sure. So the uh, the best place is probably going to be Twitter. Uh, Ronnie primarily handles that, but I'm helping him with it uh, while we're here. Mm-hmm. And so that is at Everything Vibe on Twitter. And uh, yeah, guys, I mean, if you listen to this before Wednesday or Thursday of the GDC week, so March 20th and 21st, or 20th and 21st, uh, you know, we're planning to go live, post a lot of pictures, videos. Uh, we have a lot of demos, things like that lined up. And so whatever we can share, we will, because we're, we're excited to, to give this stuff to you guys. So uh, make sure to tune in. Any last thoughts from you guys or? Are we just ready to ready to make this happen? All right, let's do this. All right, let's do this. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for for tuning in. Uh, again, we have a lot more coverage from GDC VRDC 2019 coming your way. Uh, and yeah, have a fantastic rest of your day. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye.